There it is, a win for the ages. This is All American, a new series from Stitcher. You realize Tiger Woods doesn't know who he is. Best in the history of golf, no question in my mind. And this season, we're asking. What if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? Season one of All American premieres August 20th. Subscribe or favorite now. Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with Cheese, or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's, because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, Crispy 10-Piece Chicken McNuggets, Juicy Quarter Pounder with Cheese, or Savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal, single item at regular price. This is the last episode of our three-part sperm series, The Single Ladies Guide to Sperm Shopping. This is also our last episode together before I head off to do new things. So let's try something different. I was thinking we should go out, you and me, to the movies. Shh. I want to share with you one of my favorite works of sperm cinema. It's the 2010 offbeat romantic comedy... The switch. So I would like you to be the first to know I'm having a baby. You're pregnant? No, not yet, but I'm working on it. Jennifer Aniston tells her best friend, Jason Bateman, that she's ready to become a single mom. And I don't need a man to have a baby. Technically speaking, you do. The dad from Arrested Development tells her, Maybe you should just try harder at dating. You need to look at your relationship instead of biting off the next step. Deal with the one before. He even tries to spook her about sperm donation. I heard about this woman in Queens. She thought that she was buying the sperm of an Ivy League athlete. Turned out it came from a homeless guy. But Rachel from Friends isn't about to be stopped. She's ready. You know what? I'm just tired of thinking about how this is supposed to go. All right? I'm just ready to do it now. Life is in session. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Andrea Salenzi. And life is in session. Was that from an infomercial? I'm almost ready to become a parent. There's just this one thing holding me back. I am in the market for some semen. So far on my quest, I've come across some hard-earned lessons about myself. Like, I don't want sperm from a stranger on the internet. And this is specific to me, but I also don't want to buy it from a sperm bank. I want to look into the eyes of my future donor and ask him for his sperm. Which in today's show, I'm preparing to prepare to do. I'll talk to someone who's a total pro at asking guys for their sperm. And I'll explore everyone I could possibly ask with some of my best friends. And in the end, I'll tell you where I'm at with all this. Now, back to our movie date. Even though Jason Bateman is Jennifer Aniston's best friend, she does not want his sperm. You're a little neurotic. Which sex god Jeff Goldblum thinks is crazy. She wouldn't know good sperm if it slapped her in the face. 
she's going through a relatable crisis. I didn't grow up in Minnesota dreaming of the day that I was going to put an ad out for a sperm donor on Craigslist. But she finds a handsome professor to donate and throws herself an insemination party. I'm watching and taking notes here, like, I had no idea insemination could be a party. She sends out invites with little confetti sperms in them. She dresses like a goddess. There's Greek food. The whole party knows what's going down, and they love her plan. It's amazing. We're doing it for ourselves. (laughs) But then, Jason Bateman takes a weird pill. The herbal. He's in the bathroom and accidentally spills the professor's sperm. He picks up a magazine, notices Diane Sawyer on the cover, and refills the cup. The party works. Jennifer Aniston gets pregnant. She tastefully disappears for seven years and returns with her son, Sebastian, who moans when he eats. The same way Jason Bateman moans when he eats. Paternity is certain. He falls in love with the kid. Michael Bluth and Rachel from Friends fall in love, too. We learn that Sebastian's been collecting empty picture frames, waiting to fill them with pictures of his real family, which he can finally do. The person I want to be most in this movie is Jason Bateman. He jerks off and seven years later meets his kid. But in second place is the Jennifer Aniston character. She gets to have a baby with her best friend without ever having to ask for his sperm. And then she raises her son without ever having to realize who he reminds her of. Then, yada, 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 happy ending, everyone's in love. He's changed me. You've changed me. And um, I love you. But my life is not a movie, even if I put romantic music behind me to make it feel like it is. Like last week, remember Wendy from the Donor Sibling Registry who told me she knows a guy? He's amazing. Oh my God, I found the one. If you want to know who he is, I'll tell you who he is. This week, she emailed to say he's no longer donating. And then I almost asked Ryan. He's a college professor who donated sperm when he was at UCLA. You heard him last week with the oddly generic profile. It's I'm a big fan of burgers and fries. <laughs> Which, like, who doesn't like burgers and fries? I don't know why you put that on a profile. I mean, he already donated for 18 kids. Why not me? Would you donate to a friend? Yeah, that's a really tough question. He explained that knowing the other parent, even if he wasn't super involved, would be harder than what he did with the sperm bank. Like, even the kids he does know are out there. He hides them from his Facebook newsfeed. It would be stranger to me, personally, to be involved in the life of a child that I knew came from my DNA. So I never asked. Back then, I couldn't imagine the person in my life who would say yes to this. That is, until I spoke with a woman who emailed our show her sperm story, Mika. I've known I've wanted to be a mom my entire life. Mika and I both feel weird about sperm banks. It just feels like a big marketing scheme. You don't need to pay for that. (laughs) But that's where our similarities might end. I'm really passionate about movement arts and relationships and connections. I teach pole dance. I teach acro yoga. 
I produce movement and wellness festivals and retreats all over the world. A lot of stuff in that realm. She's more San Francisco, and I'm still very New York City. I love falling in love. I fall in love all the time. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. And of course, I date a lot. So, um, <laughs> so dating comes into play in every element of my life. Really? Oh, yes. <laughs> I love dating. Absolutely love it. I love men. So, oh my God, two things I've never said. Two things I've never said. <laughs> Yeah, really, really into me. Are you? You're, you're serious. You you aren't I'm, saying this I'm very with any irony. You love no, I dating. Abs- I absolutely love it. I'm. I would even say I'm addicted to it. I love it so much. I just love connections. I love men. I love intimacy. I find the whole thing so fascinating and so fun and so entertaining and so fulfilling. So that's a big part of my life. See, we're pretty different. I've tried to say these same combinations of words, and they just don't come out of me, like a vampire trying to touch garlic. But I actually think her attitude is perfect for finding a sperm donor. I want to learn everything I can from her. When she started her sperm quest, she did it by telling everyone she could. I teach pole dancing. I shared it with my pole dance students. I remember I gave a little talk with my um, dance performance team, and I shared about it there. She decided she'd go on 30 sperm donor dates, where she takes a guy out to dinner who has all the traits she's looking for, and then she gives them the pitch. I asked her if we could do a demo. I'm Brad. We're out to dinner. Yeah. And uh, I'm tall. I have dark features. I'm athletic. I'm reliable (laughs) and trustworthy and optimal health. Great. Um, (laughs) So we're, we're having our grain bowls. (laughs) (laughs) what what do you tell me um i say hey brad i'm really glad we connected again it was really great to catch up and i don't know if you know but i've been working on this project where i'm becoming a single mom and i'm looking for donors right now who might be interested in donating would that interest you i love how mika says i'm working on a project Mika's asking her potential donors to be part of something larger than them, not just give me your sperm. For all the sperm dates who were interested, she'd send them a 36-question survey that asked them everything from, do you have any allergies, to what's your fitness level, to do twins run in your family? Also with the survey is her explainer for how she'd like the artificial insemination to go down. And that really helped them as well understand what the process was and if this was something they would be into. So of the 30 guys she asked to fill out the survey, how many would you guess said yes? Let's pretend this is bizarro prices right. Of the 30 guys who Mika asked to help her father a child impregnate her, no small ask, come up with your guess. If you're listening with a friend, you could even pause here, make a bet. Every single guy I've ever asked has said yes. (laughs) So that was really encouraging and really helped me to get clear on who I wanted and that I could have anyone I wanted. I just needed to focus. The first donor she selected is a longtime friend who we're going to call Brooklyn. How did you know he would be a good donor? When we were out to dinner— 
he did something pretty different than a lot of the guys did where he he got really quiet and contemplative and he just he just took it pretty seriously and he started to ask some big questions. The first time she attempted an insemination with Brooklyn, it was at the same time she was supposed to be going on a date. She loves dating. So I told my date, I was like, look, I got to do this insemination, but I'd still love to go on the date with you. So he was like, okay, well, I'm already on my way to your house, so I'll just I'll just wait for you at the bar below your house. I was like, okay, great. So he was he was downstairs waiting for me at the bar, and Brooklyn came in to my house, and I was just like so nervous. I was like tripping over myself. <laughs> I think he was too. And I said, you know, okay, well, um, here's the jar. You know, I had read online what I was supposed to do. I was like, do you need internet? Like, <laughs> would you like me to leave? Would you like to go in the bathroom? I don't really know how this works. Wait, where does the jar come from? Is it like a jar like that you just had around or do you buy special jars online? Yeah, I just used a jar from okay. my house. That yeah. was like clean. Like, yeah, yeah, you I clean the jar. It doesn't need to be totally <laughs> sterile. I don't think so. I don't think like semen's that sterile. I don't know. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, it's really hard. I mean, I talked to reproductive endocrinologists. I've talked to OBs, midwives. No one seems to really know a lot about the way the kind of AI and artificial insemination, the way that I'm doing it. So, so all I could go off was reading online about other women who had done it and were successful. So I gave him the jar, and I said— so how long do you think this is going to take? He's like, oh, three minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll just be over there, you know, in my bed. So then he went in the bathroom, and like three minutes later, he came out with the jar. And then I immediately, like, grabbed it and, like, warmed it on my belly because that's what I had read you're supposed to do, like, that takes 10 minutes to become liquid. And I was, so I was using a syringe, which they don't. I couldn't find any specific syringes for this, so I bought a pet medicine syringe. Fun fact, in the indie film Gaby from 2012, it's a pet medicine syringe that helps two best friends finally become pregnant. Where's Matt? In the bathroom, jerking off into my dead cat's oral medicine dispenser so that it can inject you with his baby juice. Before my first cup of coffee? Well, you better have one, because once he ejaculates, you really should insert it within the first 20 minutes. When I watch these movies... And when I'm listening to Mika's insemination story, I'm always trying to picture that as me, warming someone's sperm on my belly, trying to imagine the other person that I'd want in the room with me. I think he said something like, so, you know, we might make a baby together. And I'm like, yeah. And um, and it, it wasn't about the words. It was more just about the energy of the whole thing and how intense it was in that moment. Wow. Yeah. So the donor leaves. She does the insemination. And then her date shows up. And he was just like, wow, Mika, this is so exciting. You know, as I was riding over here on my scooter, like it was a full moon. And I was just thinking like, wow, this is like so cool that I get to be part of this process and the creation of life. And so he actually wanted to ritualize it. And I was just more like wanted comfort and anxiety relief. But um, <laughs> but it was, I think what was most important and special about that experience that was that I wasn't alone. And so, you know, he cuddled with me and I think we probably had sex later. <laughs> Protected sex, to be clear, 
but cool. There was just like a moment where I'm like, wow, yeah, I'm not all alone. It's just a big thing I'm doing, and I'm sharing it. In the months since that first insemination, she's also found a second donor who she's equally excited about. Each time she's ready to ovulate, she takes a trip to visit one of her donors, or one of them will visit her. It's clear to me that Mika is comfortable with relationships that have less clear designations than the ones in my life. Like I've asked her over and over again if she has romantic feelings for her sperm donors. Well, I don't even know what romantic feelings are. I'm I'm sexually attracted to both of them. I love both of them. <laughs> I respect both of them. I don't think either of them would be a great match for me to spend a lot of time with, you know, in the same bed every night of my life. Everything's so much more cut and dry for me. There are my friends, and then there are the people I date. These are two separate lanes. One with a lot more traffic than the other. But Mika's off-roading, which can get messy, but also might be more fun. This whole process has only inspired her to go on more dates. I have been in a dating frenzy, and it's been so much fun. So I have all this new energy in my life, and um, I've been having a ton of sex, and it's been wonderful. The only catch? She's having so much sex for fun, it can throw off her ovulation. In the, yeah, in the week and a half before my ovulation, I had so much sex that I think that my body was, like, thinking, wow, it's time to ovulate. There must be some sperm in there. (laughs) I don't really know, but that's just my theory. Mika is still taking trips between her donors. She has five dates this week, and all of them are prepared to someday date a pregnant woman. In a bit, I try to channel my inner Mika. Maybe I can use her method to boldly ask for help with my project. Welcome back. So I can't stop telling my friends about Mika. She's the aerial yoga instructor who has not one but two different sperm donors. I'm super jealous, mostly of her positive attitude. She loves men and loves dating. Anyone who can, like, go upside down using their core strength, I'm like, obviously you're going to love dating. This is one of my best friends, Joanna Soltaroff. You might recognize her name because she used to produce this show. I called her up to go down my list of possible donors. We started with my ex-boyfriends. I was, like, in an at-ease posture and then I just started like clenching up it makes me very nervous for the purposes of the show we're gonna bleep the names and any revealing details what about couldn't he never find his own shoes yeah I used to have to tell him where his shoes were all the time didn't you also have to drive him around everywhere yeah I used to drive him to work every day (laughs) yeah um I would say I would give that a no. Okay. More recent X. <laughs> That's hilarious. He he just made a lot of money in how much money? Dollars? No way. Yahweh. Yeah, oh my god, that's so ridiculous. Well, I'm tr- oh man, I feel like you would just like 
if the kid ever did anything wrong or misbehaved, you would just be like, ugh, that's so... (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like you could never not associate the child with the annoyances that you still have towards... Okay, fair. That is so smart. That's a no. Okay, that's a no. Did I ever tell you about the guy with the helicopter? (sighs) Yes. Wasn't your first date to like a Scientology meeting? Yes. But he's like 6'3". Uh-huh. So as a starting criteria, no ex-boyfriends. Is there anyone else, Andrea? Anyone else you're thinking of? Could ask um, your brother. Don't ask my brother. It's as close as we could get to having our own kin. You and me. This is like torture. Can I just have his number? We're planning a a birthday for you. (laughs) This is so traumatic. I hate this. So we continued down the list. Now considering my friends, who are mostly fellow podcasters. This is kind of a don't shit where you eat situation. What about my friend from this podcast? Oh, no. Or my friend from that other podcast? I think you got to move out of your industry, Andrea. I got to say. That's how we're friends. That's true. And if I could have your baby, maybe I would. Why won't you let me have your brother's sperm? (laughs) This makes me want to (laughs) die. Please stop. Oh, my God. Although my nephew is unbelievably cute. Okay, what about his sperm? He's six. You know what? Joanna's too picky. She keeps reminding me of all my reasonable personal boundaries that are limiting my pool of potential sperm donors. I needed help from someone more open-minded, a family member. So I am married to your second cousin. So we are second cousin-in-laws. Therefore. Therefore, we're basically sisters. (laughs) Sarah lives in San Francisco, but she visits me almost every month. I figured out that you have a really comfy um, guest bed, and so I sleep on it a lot when I go to L.A. for work. And this one visit, we went on a hike, talked all day about sperm. And then on her flight home, she was still thinking about me and sperm. I was seated next to a guy who was cute, and I noticed that he was watching one of my favorite TV shows. And I was like, hey, I bet he'd be a good sperm donor for Andrea. Um, and so I believe that was when I texted you and said, should I ask this guy about his sperm? Some random guy she's sitting next to on a plane. Well, I mean, I would get to know him first, but yeah, why not? <laughs> you never know. I mean... He had so many redeeming qualities. He didn't, like, smell bad or anything, so that was a plus. I feel like that's all all you really need. In your wildest dreams, how do we go from you sitting next to someone on an airplane to me asking them to jerk off into a cup so I can have a baby? (laughs) Maybe if I made up some business cards and then just looked it to him, like, hi, have you ever thought about donating sperm? Sarah knows just what these cards would say. Recruiteress. It's someone who recruits for your uterus. A recruiteress. Since then, Sarah's even recruited for my uterus at her own wedding. I mean, who knows? Maybe somebody would just be feeling generous. No stone left unturned. I've gone through the list of my own exes. 
She even likes the idea of me asking Joanna's brother. Like, why not? You know, he's, it sounds like he's already got a kid. So we know that it works. How often are you thinking about this for me? Before I met Steve, my husband, I used to basically just look at every stranger I passed in the world thinking, I wonder if, you know, they'd be a good partner for me. I wonder if they would. And that's kind of how I knew that I was going to marry Steve because I wasn't really doing that anymore. But I still think about people in terms of like, what's their story? What could their youth be? And so anytime I see like an attractive dude, I think, I wonder if they're single. I wonder if they'd be a good match for one of my friends, you know, because I just don't believe that there are not like great matches out there for some of my wonderful single friends. And so throwing in this additional piece of, like, who could potentially be the father of Andrea's child is even more fun. Because it's easier. It doesn't really matter if, you know, where they live or if they're in the right place in their life. Just like, oh, does it seem like they have good genes? Does it seem like they might be open to this interesting um, opportunity? This year, you're trying to get pregnant. Yes, that is correct. Do you think part of it is that you're hoping that we'll go through this together? Oh, probably. <laughs> That's, you know, I hadn't even thought of that, but yes, that would be amazing. And that is probably deep down part of why I'm trying to make this happen for you. Talking to Joanna and Sarah, I dropped more names than you're hearing in this episode. And I want you to know that one of those names stood out. He's a distant friend from way, way back who I understand helped someone else I know have a baby. The more I talked about him with my friends, the more excited they got about this option. My cynical friend Joanna even said, I'm very intuitive, and I think, I honestly am like, I think this might be your guy. At the start of the series, I told you sperm was my backup plan. If dating doesn't work out, in the next couple years, I'll go get some sperm. But for a backup plan, it was actually overwhelming and frightening. I couldn't see it working. But three episodes and a lot of awkward conversations later, my backup plan finally feels like it's on lock. I can see an option I feel good about. And here comes a very casual metaphor appropriate for a quasi-ending now that I have my emergency flotation sperm lined up, I can finally feel safe sailing into unknown dating waters. That is to say, if it wasn't for all the sperm, I don't know if I'd be ready to really start dating again. I'll tell you more about that in a bit. And we're back. Okay, I have another movie to show you guys. It's a newer release, kind of experimental. You'll see. Come on back to the screening room. Shh. Our movie opens in a dimly lit podcast studio. A beautiful, not-so-young woman is working as a podcast host for a popular show about families. The camera slowly zooms in on her. She's in the middle of an interview. And that's how I became Parent of the Year. 
So how many kids do you have? I don't have any kids. But this is a podcast about kids and family. I know. I don't have either. We follow our hero home to her lonely apartment. She's eating takeout on a sofa with a small dog. At least I have you, Fido. (laughs) Fido licks her hand, and they fall asleep on the couch. Her thumbs still scrolling Instagram, clicking like on all the baby photos. And then one day, she's visiting her favorite room at the local aquarium. Oh, hi. I'm Renee. I work at the aquarium. On the other side of the glass, she locks eyes with the majestic lady shark. Did you see that shark? She just had a baby with herself. The baby shark swims by and winks at her. A baby with herself. Really? She downloads an app. Tinder for babies. Goes to a sperm bank. How ready are you for this process? She's running out of options. Don't ask my brother. Finally, at her lowest of lows, she accidentally has three glasses of white wine. She's wasted. Shows up at her best friend Jeff Goldblum's house. Showing up at my place at three in the morning, completely drunk, plastered. She asks her friend Jeff if she should have a baby with a sperm donor who likes golf. I don't know. Or what about the guy who liked the band System of a Down? The music of it was foul and sinister. He calls her a car service. 40 bucks, my treat. And behind the wheel is Jeff's other friend. Giant sir! I'm not going far. Our hero isn't feeling so hot as a 73-year-old American television journalist, Diane Sawyer, starts grilling her with questions. Do you work out a lot? How long did it take you to get over your worst broken heart? What's the one thing you cannot live without? The podcast host breaks down. She's very, very drunk. Can I tell you a secret? Maybe I've been obsessed with finding good spermses because I don't want a date. Bush. The topic was love. The movie's almost over. Our hero's back in the podcast studio wearing dark sunglasses. She looks awful. Are we rolling? Andrea, are you sure you're good to record? You look kind of uh, rough. Three, two, one. Okay. Dear listeners, I've been reviewing the tapes, and throughout this series, my friends and family have all been trying to tell me something. It started with my second cousin's wife, Sarah. I do think you're a little picky. We were talking about why dating hasn't worked for me. The truth is, as someone who's single in her 30s, I probably only managed to go on six dates a year. Sarah has a theory about why. I've definitely seen you swipe no on some people for very small reasons. And I do wonder if you could be a little more open-minded about people you could potentially be meeting. Can you give me some examples? I There was definitely one guy who I thought was super cute on one of your apps. And you were like, eh, he plays guitar. That's a no. <laughs> I see these guys. They look totally normal and fine to me. But she would deny them. My little brother said the same thing. For they were wearing the wrong shirt or they, you know, had one grammatical error in their, you know, see. You have to say grammatical. It's grammatical. Cut that. (laughs) Obviously, I don't care about that stuff. Um, (laughs) Yeah, if they make one error in their writing, you're like, 
on to the next one. And that could have been somebody that you connected with. Why would I date someone who's making grammatical errors in their profile? I'm a writer. I... Maybe you're dating people that are too perfect or too similar to you, and it's not working out because of that. My friend Jason Bateman, he's the dad from Arrested Development, he also thought I'd been too focused on sperm instead of dating. You need to look at your relationship instead of biting off the next step. Deal with the one before. If working on this show has taught me anything, it's how futile the plans we make can be, which hasn't stopped me from working on my Plan C— adopt a kid when I turn 42, and my plan D, buy a house with a pool, start my own dog rescue, and my plan E, become world famous for my skills as an aunt and godmother. It goes on and on. But for now, I need to try to treat my plan A like it's actually my plan A, because I'm still not over wanting to have a baby with someone I love. And if that ever changes, and it might, the good news is, man, I know a lot about sperm. Back at the aquarium, the hungover podcast host visits her shark friend. Mama shark swims by, powerful and wise. Our hero presses her face up against the cool glass. She whispers, I get it now. Humans can't have babies with themselves for a good reason. It's because bringing people together is the point of babies. And with that, the brave lady shark leaps from her glass cage and into the sea. She swims away, finally ready to go meet some fish. This has been my last episode as your host, and I have so many people to thank, starting with every producer I got to work with on this show, Kristen Clark, Jackie Sajiko, and Elizabeth Nakano, You guys make this job so much more fun. You make me smarter. You make me more me. I am so grateful I've had the chance to work with each of you. Thank you to our editorial board. Thank you to our engineers, Brendan Burns and Pete Karam. You guys are amazing. I want to thank my editors, Abigail Keel, Amy Drostovska, Peter Clowney, and Hilary Frank. Every edit I've survived with you guys has made me better at the thing I love doing the most. What a gift to be coached by the most skillful editors in this business. Thank you all. And I especially need to thank Hillary. Elizabeth, can we call her? Yeah. Hello? Hillary, it's Andrea. I just wanted to actually thank you directly. I've learned so much hosting this show. I feel so much more ready to become a parent someday. Oh. That's not why I did it, but also that happened. And I'm glad we got this time in our life to make stuff together. It's been awesome. I know. I mean, man, you've just been knocking it out of the park. And this is a really bittersweet moment. I have an idea. I have a surprise for you. (laughs) Oh, boy. I have like a parting gift. And I sent it to Elizabeth, our producer. She has it there for you. So, Elizabeth, why don't you play what I sent you? Would you rather eat your worst favorite food? Or have to be treated as a cat. Meaning, drink from a bowl, eat from a bowl, poop in a box, pee in a box. Dun, dun, dun. Ah, it's a classic would you rather from your daughter, Sasha. I want to confirm. Our cat just walked in here when we were recording. <laughs> <laughs>
Charlie's trying to influence my decision. Yep. Charlie the cat walked in coincidentally while we were recording that. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm sorry, people who have cats, but I hate the smell of kitty litter more than I hate my least favorite food. So I think I'm going to have to eat a lot of pudding. There we have it. (laughs) Well, Andrea, man, it's been such a pleasure. And this is not goodbye. It's just pressing pause on our story together. You know, we have some credits to do. Oh, let's do them. We're going to be back in four weeks with a new episode. It's the first one of our final season with your host, Hillary Frank. That's right. Do not miss this episode. You guys, subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time on Stitcher or wherever you're listening right now. And as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we want to hear your stories. We are going to be revisiting our series about workplace discrimination against mothers. It was called It's a Real Mother, and it's been a couple years since then, and we want to know what, if anything, has changed in your workplace. Go to LongestShortestTime.com, hit the Participate tab, and submit your story. story. See you October 23rd. Da 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 da